You know what's interesting, Luke? Uh, what is interesting, Dave? Uh, no one has seemed to embrace the Zetho philosophy that I tried to uh, get going. What, about I, two weeks ago, was it? You've explained Zitho, Zitho, Zito, Zitho, Zitho philosophy to me, and I don't, don't, really I, don't, I don't know what it is. It's just when you can have a thought about beer that becomes more than beer. It becomes like, a, like a well, if, obviously, if you break the word down, my classic, my classic word, the Zithophile is someone who is obsessed with beer and beer history, etc. Yes, and philosophy. Zitho philosophy. So, I don't understand. I thought there'd be like just countless Zen moments involving you, beer. You thought it would so be. We a... could put it under the umbrella of Zitho philosophy. Did you think it was going to be like a hashtag that people were going to embrace? All of it. Well, I didn't think about it, but that would have been nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's a bit long for a hashtag. It is, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Because I think it started when... Do you know Lee Williams of Hoptopia fame? Uh, yeah, I know of him. He's written a couple of books, I believe. Yeah, exactly right. And he uh, just had the uh, Zitho philosophy... Uh, I don't know how you're actually going you know, to use... Maybe this is part of the problem, actually. This is actually. the root of the... Well, he put in a, uh, a tweet that just said, Cantion, the question that never need be asked which is quite zitho-philosophic in itself, to which I responded to him, uh, the answer never to be questioned. And that made me start thinking about various zitho-philosophy. Um, but now just thinking about it, there probably isn't a lot of uh, legs on that, actually. We've probably yeah, done as look, much as we can do on it. You're, you're, you're encountering a couple of problems here. Go on. Firstly... No one... Not too many people really it's know... It's not a word? Is that it's one not, of the things? Not okay, word, go on. Not too many people know what... What? The, 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 the main problem is it's so hard to say that I don't think anyone's going to say it. Right, okay. Um, and I'm endeavouring to push through. I think the... Look, I think you need to probably rethink. Um, okay. Maybe go to the drawing board. And look, I think we need words for... Do we? Well, well, hang on a second. Can we think of any other zithophilosophical <laughs> statements? What oh, about... Like, if a beer is drunk in the woods and there's nobody there to question the integrity of the brewery, is it still craft? Can you, can you taste the contract <laughs> or does the contract not really exist? Okay, so what you're saying is that there's a bit of weak sauce on my wings. Here. Weak sauce is, is probably a good one. Yeah, okay. It's disappointing because I um, thought the wordplay was quite nice. I mean, I know you, you like a bit of wordplay and, and maybe, look, I'm, I'm having problems at the moment with Go on. finding a word for the... I guess the overuse of calling everyone a hipster. Um, you know, you're a hipster, I'm a hipster. This is a hip, what a hipster venue. You live in Fitzroy, you're a hipster. Yeah. yeah. You, everyone that's ever worked in a cafe is now a hipster. <laughs> um, everyone who's enjoyed something is a hipster. And I think we maybe we need to come up with, you know, push aside your sort of Zytho philosophy. Let's not push thing, it aside, maybe. Maybe we'll put it on the subs bench. I'm probably... We'll, uh, I'm pushing it aside. We're just going to... Yeah, okay. I'm cutting it from we'll the We'll just delete it out of the dictionary. Yeah, yeah. And, and maybe we need to come up for a, a bit of a word. Oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to still... I'm going to submit it into Urban Dictionary and see if I can get it um, <laughs> verified. On, yeah. I think it needs to be some sort of sexual manoeuvre <laughs> to get out of Urban Dictionary. Um, but, you know, it, I think if you can use your wordplay skills to come up with something for hipsters... Well, <laughs> okay. no, sorry, not hipsters, but the, the overuse of the word hipsters and the absolute terrified way that people describe hipsters these days. Uh-huh. Maybe that would be that would be a bit that would get more traction. Well that actually has some meaning in substance planet, doesn't it, I guess? Because yeah, it yeah. really is. It is a thing, isn't it? It is. So if it's a thing. thing it needs a word, doesn't it? Yeah, so what come about on. um 
uh, mass hysteria. Welcome to the, I can't remember what episode it is, of the Owl of a Time podcast. What is it? This is episode uh, four, wouldn't it Yeah, be? it must be four. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I can't believe I couldn't keep track of four <laughs> yeah. episodes. Yeah, exactly. You can actually count it on your fingers, really. Uh, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, I'm pretty excited about How today. are you today? I'm, I'm great. Yeah? Uh, well, a little bit dusty, and we're not actually drinking any beers today in the studio. I'm enjoying a lovely water I've out had of a water drinking glass, and it's going down a treat, actually. I've had Perfect a... Perfect glassware for it. I've had a coffee. I had a juice earlier. Feeling a bit healthy. What sort of juice was it? Uh, it's going to blow your mind. Go on. Apple, beetroot, lemon. That sounds like a harmony of flavor that excites me. It was delicious. And uh, yeah, I would definitely... Would you be inclined to throw a little bit of ginger in there at any stage? Or is the ginger and the lemon... Oh, no, that would actually work pretty well. Yeah. I don't, or no, he's not really a ginger fan? No need to overthink it, I guess. Okay. Uh, I didn't make the juice. I bought it at a cafe. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Um, there was a bit of mint, a sprig of mint on the top. Oh. It was served in a jar, so it was probably pretty hipstery. Right, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's delicious, though. One of those mason jars. Did you um, have an odd sensation on the uh, thread of your jar and on your mouth? No, it came with a straw. Oh, I see. Okay. Fair enough. All right. This is going to be a big episode today because we have got our very first special Ooh, guest. Oh, Dave. What? We don't have a guest. What do you mean we don't have a guest? Uh, our guest, unfortunately, who was I was really excited to get him in the studio. Go on. Uh, has done his back. Ah. Oh. He is lying on the couch. Well, couldn't we just have cleared a space in the studio and put the mic down? Um, Maybe he might have not had the zing and the pop that he normally Yeah, I have. think he's just taking a lot of painkillers at the moment. Yeah, okay, fair enough. He sent me a, That could have been an entertaining... A bit of a muddled yeah. text, uh, and then apologise for having a muddled text. Okay, all right. So, well, th- let me just go back to the run sheet then. If we don't have the special guest, aren't we a little bit underprepared? We're completely underprepared. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Considering last week... It's going to be a very special 15-minute <laughs> edition of Ale of a Time podcast this week. <laughs> Considering last week we actually took about three or four hours to do a tasting, specifically had a complete run sheet. Yeah, yeah uh, okay. And now today we pretty much sitting here okay, empty-handed. So, yeah. Um, well, it's, look, here, uh, there's been a pretty busy week of news, two weeks that's, of news. Yeah, that's, very, that's a valid um, point. I've been up to a few things. I'm sure you've been up to a few things. Maybe we just break down Just some, shoot the breeze. Yeah. A little bit of banter. Yeah, okay. One thing that's very exciting, um, we have just over 100 subscribers now. You're joking. Uh, this is actually the that first would, time I've heard that, and I'm actually quite surprised by that. That would be a terrible joke if I was if that was a joke. Because I just thought maybe there was like seven people. No. My mom, eight, because I think my mum subscribed last week, so oh. eight people. Hi, Dave's mum. Yeah. Hi, mum. Um, I think I made a joke in like episode two that my mum was anyone listening and she wasn't even listening there. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. but no, a couple of people have a hundred subscribers. Yep, that's ridiculous. Yep, and people have given us some feedback. Uh, I believe Dave, your recommendation is going to be based on some feedback. Yeah, it is. Shots, and so also, just on the um, 
on the uh, feedback, we've actually it's been brought to our attention that there may be one or two factual inaccuracies in a couple of the podcasts. It's quite a few, which I, I mean, that, it's absolutely true and correct. But uh, if you're looking for factual accuracy, I don't know. I think you might be barking up the wrong tree by looking listening to this podcast. Well, I, you'd be surprised how many uh, mistakes I've been editing out. Where I listen back and go, that's not true. Really? Okay, yeah. And we still, still, if you get through to the keeper, do they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't feel like us if there weren't a few <laughs> errors here and there. Um, so, last couple of weeks, Dave, been up to anything exciting? Um, well, uh, let me, why don't you go through what you're doing? I'll try and think if I've done anything over the last two weeks. Sounds good. So, I, I went to Sydney uh, for work, but I managed to sne- squeeze in some beers with some Fortunate. of the, the Sydney guys. Uh, actually, some of the guys from the Sydney podcast, Sessionable. Um, I joined a couple of them for a beer. All of them were there at one point, actually. Oh, nice. Um, oh, in the uh, in their last episode, they uh, posed a question to us, so we'll address that a little bit later. Yep. Um, went to the Royal Albert Public House and had some beers there. It's quite weird in Sydney where pokey, poker machines are quite prevalent. Oh, re- oh, really? So you go into the Royal Public House and they've got really, you know, maybe 10 taps, two hand pumps. There's a little dumpling restaurant attached and then pokies. That's like a, yeah, quite an odd little It seems a bit of weird. Theme. Anyway, um, is it the same laws that we have in Victoria that there's only a set amount of... I think they just seem I to have it in those different. venues. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I, I'm not going to... It's probably another example of me getting it wrong if I yeah, venture down enough. that path. Yeah. Um, and then we went to Frankie's, the notorious Frankie's, which... Uh, people... What was the uh, least appropriate beer that you had out of a plastic cup? Pliny the Elder. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> Out of plastic tasting glasses. Um, it was a little bit warm as well, and it, we had an ice bucket. So it had Budweiser branded ice bucket, right. plastic cups, Pliny the Elder. Uh, Did you cry in the shower afterwards after doing that? No, I really enjoyed the beer, though. Uh, for all the all the hype, you know, I'm not one to put a lot of hype on beers like that. I don't, you know, I'm not going to seek it out and queue up for hours to get it. Um, but and that's one that's sort of universally just. If you know anything about beer, you know that the Pliny the Elder. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the one. Just um, really hyped. I guess the younger end is probably the the other one. Um, but really, really good beer. I can I can see why people like it. Um, I would drink it again. I remember thinking I would happily drink this whole bottle to myself, um, and not you know very quickly and stab anyone who tries to get near it. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think I mentioned to you uh, yesterday when we were talking that um, during... It's weird, actually, because I'm not a Google employee, but I do have a, a Google Plus account. Um, I've got one of those. And <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's collecting dust currently. But um, someone who... I can't remember. What's, what's the term for Google Plus? Followed? Does it, you follow people on that? Or oh, someone was... who's I'm in their circle. Yeah. Uh, he is an American beer geek, I guess, and um, had a few photos of him... Uh, and a few posts relative to uh, a bottle of Pliny that he dug out of his cellar that was more than the two weeks um, best before date. So he just tipped it a couple of days outside, two weeks old, and just tipped it. Yeah. That's mental. I don't... I think people get a little bit too over the top about these things. No doubt about it. There's absolutely no reason to tip it down the sink. It's not going to poison you. Just drink it and enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. If it's not the best one you've ever had, then get another one and drink it before the due date. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Uh, um, 
so yeah, so I can't good. remember what that guy's name is, but oh, I wouldn't want to be him right now after that scathing <laughs> attack. Yeah. Um, so Sydney was pretty fun. I ate it. I ate it. Uh, Mr. Crackles. Which is oh right, yeah. Famous. Just, um, it's kind of like a, a grilled burger place where they do pork bun, like pork rolls, and lots of crackling, and you can buy crackling. And I felt pretty unhealthy after it all. I don't reckon that um, they probably branded themselves as like a health food restaurant. No. So I think you had the appropriate uh, reactions to that. Yeah, but and then like the next day, I went out for yum cha for lunch, and then it was just a very unhealthy couple of days. That's all right. Yeah. I didn't really do anything myself. Um, but, uh, I also went to the Ballarat Beer oh, Festival. Oh, great. I'm glad you did stuff because it makes this <laughs> section so much more interesting. Uh, which was excellent, by the way. Um, I had a really, really good time. Thank you to Simon, a um, friend of the show, who hooked me up with a free ticket. Ah, nice. And also thank you to some of the brewers who were kind enough to give us some free beers on the day um, just because they're nice people. Yeah, so a lot of them, um, you know, spotted us in the crowd and said, hey, have a free beer. And I'm like, I love free beer. That's one of the best uh, conceptions known to man, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and it was a beautifully sunny day. Um, I really enjoyed the talks given by um, Professor Pilsner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Always entertaining. Pete, Pete Mitchum. Um, he had a couple of panels where they talked about what is craft beer. It'd be good um, one day for him to be a friend of the show. Yeah, I would like I'd to like to in. consider him a friend of the show. Um, he is someone that what I... What has to happen for someone to be a friend of the show? I don't, I don't know. Just someone we know, I guess. Is it? Yeah. Oh, there's loads of friends in the show. Yeah. So there's anyone that... Yeah. I forget it there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, and he's a... Listening to him talk is great. He's uh, he's essentially a daggy dad joke, mm-hmm. um, but he's very clever. They're, oh, they're he's one level ever. above yeah. da- um, daggy dad joke. And he's very knowledgeable, mm. um, very he, articulate. He really knows his beer. Um, so if anyone, I guess, something I always not do at festivals... I forget to go along and, and listen to a talk, and he's quite often the one talking. So I and really often when I listen to him, like I think he instills the enjoyment of like the simplicity of beer as well. Yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's something I always get from him. So yeah, um, so I, I think I'll be making a point of visiting his talks in the future. Um, and and yeah, it was fun. Uh, was there any like um, outstanding exhibitors? Like I think because we've already discussed the art of the festival. Um, in and having some, having something a bit different, yeah. So, is there any like noticeable points of difference, or was it just that what they, what everyone did was the, good? Was it because um, we have talked about festivals in the, on one of the past episodes? Was the beer looked after? Yeah, it did seem um, compared to the other festival I went to earlier this year, or sorry, late last year, that people had more exciting beers there. Okay, um, there was you know if you knew what to ask for. They had something hidden away. Uh, the new batch of Bridge Road Bling Bling was a good example. You know, it wasn't... How was that tasting? Oh, just brilliant. Yeah? Everything you want it to be. Um, so I, I had a really good day of drinking interesting beers. I didn't sort of... Ha- I didn't feel like I was having to settle for, for anything. Yep. Um, cool. There was still a few not-so-great beers along the way, but there was a lot less of them. So, yeah, I think the the main difference was people... Had more interesting beers. How'd you get to, to Ballarat, by the way? Uh, Simon drove me. What a good fella. Yeah, he paid for... for was, he was gifted the ticket, yeah. um, and then he gift, on gifted it to me, and free ride. Uh, I paid for the for the beers. It's good. Really good day. Yeah. Good work, Simon. Uh, but we'll talk about the Ballarat Beer Festival in our news section mm-hmm. a little bit later on. Um, just while we talked about um, Bridge Roads, bling bling, uh, yesterday I had the... 
uh, Aprihop, or I think it's called the Admiral Aprihop, sure. or whatever it's called. Yep. Whatever it's called, but it's the latest in the bar series they did with uh, Cookie. Yeah, so they've been doing a. They've been doing it for over a year now, I think. Uh, thereabouts, yeah. So where they're inviting people from various bars and getting them to the brewery to collaborate, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. Yeah. which is a, a fantastic. And then idea. I'm pretty sure just the venues that participate are the ones that get those kegs sent to them. Yeah, yeah, and but they're not. You don't get your own. You get your own beer, but you also get everyone else. Yeah, exactly right. Well. Yeah, which is so, I think it's a, a great way because you go into you know the Junction Hotel and get a beer made by a different bar. Yeah, which is also a bit exciting. So yeah, yeah, and um, it's really really good. Uh, it's more. It's like in between the recipes of their bling bling and their and their single hop IPAs or the bling IPA. It's about six and a half percent and um, just popping. You know how. Uh, I think I read in an American uh, beer magazine that was reviewing some world beers, they said that Ben's IPAs, if they're in America, would probably just be considered pale ales because yep. they're not, like, massively bitter. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, but this one is more the bitterness level of the bling-bling. It's yep. big and it's punchy um, and it's balanced and it's really good. So that's been a bit of a bugbear of mine recently is IPAs and... How there's this sort of myth that the Australian beer scene's dominated by IPAs. Everyone's like, oh, you know, there's too many IPAs. We don't want to just make one of those. But then I go somewhere to have a beer and I can't ever find any IPAs. Yeah, and I think it might also be just clouded slightly by the fact that we're importing IPAs as well. Like, yeah. there's, not, there's not heaps of locally made IPAs. Yeah, I can't, like, in terms of, what, sorry, ones that compete on yeah. that American label, um, you know, there's the buzzword that I hate is approachable. It's like, oh, we, we haven't made a big American style. We've gone approachable. Like, uh, that's all I seem to be drinking is approachable beers. Well, I think that's uh, that's been the flavour of the... That's like a, a trend at the mm. moment. Um, but it's reaction to a trend that hasn't happened yet. Everyone's saying, we don't want to do this big IPA. We want to make something approachable. But it's like, well, can we have the big IPA? I quite like those. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but in saying that, I had the one from Black Dog Brewery the Australian one, not the American or not the New Zealand one. And uh, I can't remember the name of it. Leader of the Pack. Leader of the yeah. Pack. Uh, that and that's, a, that's official. That's a proper IPA. It's really good. Ticks yeah. all the boxes. Um, and it was yeah, two thumbs up for that one. Yeah, it's good beer. Mm. Anything else? What have you been up to? Um, yeah, I went to, stopped in at Cookie yesterday. Uh, that was the standout. Uh, the other one was... The eight wides, the semiconductor, hmm. the session IPA, which is good. Cool. Does, does what it says in the label. That's a good session IPA. Now, we did some uh, breweries to watch uh, at the end of one of our podcasts. Uh-huh. And I think we were talking yesterday that eight wide is probably going to be pretty exciting to watch. Oh, is it ever? Um, I don't think we actually did mention eight wide. But no, we didn't. But let's keep so going. We yeah. should probably yeah. bring it up now because uh, he's bought some warehouse space. Um, he's still contract brewing. Brewing, sorry. Um, he's bought some warehouse space with some barrels, and he's got a whole bunch of barrels being filled with all sorts of interesting things. Yeah, I think I read uh, on yesterday that he's got 200 barrels. Mm. That's so exciting. Mm. Uh, yeah, someone that has built a really good base of amazing standard beers. Well, I don't think there's a beer that I could say I don't enjoy that Siren Race. Yeah, there's a couple that I, I don't like as much as the others, but... But the, yeah. you know what always like surprises me, and it shouldn't surprise me, but I don't drink hop wired that often. Mm. But every time I do, I go, 
like, why don't I get this all the time? This yeah. is amazing. I, I think most people have that with his regular range. Uh, when you think of like Tall Poppy, um, the brown ale is, is really Yeah, good. and um, the smoked porter as well. Yep. That's one that probably gets over that I overlook, I think, mm. maybe. Um, but then when I have it, I go, yes, hmm. this is good. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he's still one of the rate beer top 100 brewers in the world. That's amazing. Um, he's, um, I think he's the only Australian. So only New the Zealand. Australasian. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah I, think I've, I think I've noticed that too. Um, he's been out there for a while, so that's that's good. So I guess one to watch, he's already probably made it. But in terms of what he's going to be bringing out. Oh, uh, yeah, I think he'll up the level of excitement for the uh, big geek faction. Yeah, definitely. All right, shall we wrap this one up and we'll come back with a... We'll see if we can do anything else to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, Dave. Thanks, man. Welcome, welcome yourself. Thank you. Uh, so it didn't sound the way. Welcome yourself. In, in lieu of uh, no guests, we've decided to run through um, a lot of news. There's been a lot of news this week in and around the uh, local and, I guess, Australasian beer scene. Yeah, there has been, um, actually, hasn't there? So let's, let's just... Let's just dive right in. Yeah, jump on right What's in. What's the first one you want to talk about? Well, uh, the ACCC, which is... I can never remember what that stands for. Some sort of commission. Yep. They're going to be doing a... <laughs> they're basically the consumer watchdog. If you yep. don't know that, then I don't know. Yeah. yeah. doesn't need to be explained, I don't think. Um, they're going to do a... They're currently doing an inquiry on anti-competitive Competitive, practice yep. um, in, in the beer industry. Uh, not too much has really been given There's away. There's not a lot of information yet, but mm. um, if they're trying to uh, minimise anti-competitive activity, then that's got to be a good thing, right? I think so. It might, it might work in um, small, in favour for small breweries. I don't know if they can really influence you know, the, sort of the, the dodgy tax regulations, um, excise tax being the big one for small small uh, players. Yeah, it just I guess if they can minimise what um, the big boys can lock in, mm-hmm. in as much as draft systems like that, then venue owners and operators can actually make a decision. Because, I mean, it's got to be hard to knock back free glassware, free or cheaper-priced kegs. That's got to be a juicy yeah. carrot that's dangled, I would have thought. Particularly if you're just running a business, you know, most bar owners probably just want to, you know, run their business. Mm-hmm. Trying uh, to make some money, yep. Keep to themselves, have a good, good time with the customers, uh, and someone comes along offering you some cash to do it, you're going to take it. Of course. You can't begrudge that. It's going to minimise your, um, their overhead. So, yeah, I don't think that's something that you can begrudge there. But I think it'll be interesting to see how that develops and what is actually done yep. um, and what they intend to do because that potentially could be um, a pretty big change, I would have thought. Yeah. Or it could be nothing. Yeah. yeah. I think it's kind of watch the space. For yeah, I think so. The other big news that came out yesterday was um, the founder of Temple Brewery in Melbourne is leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an, a statement on their Facebook, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Um, it's sort of unclear on, on what the future holds for Temple, um, but I'm a big fan of, of a lot of their beers. Mm-hmm. And they're currently um, looking for a new head, head brewer. Yeah. Um, I was there actually last week, and their pilsner was was tasting really good. So hopefully they can they can sort of keep that 
going considering um, you know the the recent business troubles and yeah they're kind of like a favorite son of Melbourne aren't they yeah even though they haven't been around for a while now and they're just getting back on their feet everyone loves Temple yeah um, so that was I, I think people were surprised by that um, I think yeah I don't know people should read the statement and and see what see what they're saying yeah see what's going on cool what else has been happening Dave uh, what else have we got. Uh, Oh, uh, Sam Fuss has joined the uh, Young Henry's team as, as a brewer at Young Henry's, so um, oh, that's got to be good for both of them, I would have thought. So she used to brew at True South? Well, she was the head brewer at True South, but she's been to a whole lot of places before that. I think yep. she was at Little Creatures. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, again, this is one of those times where we might not be as uh, factually accurate <laughs> as it could be, but yeah, she's really, she really, um, I don't know if you would have had an opportunity to drink a lot of True South beers, would you? Uh, one or two. Not, yeah, because uh, they're very folk. They're very focused on on, on providing to their local community. So yeah. um, they don't package. Yeah. They do like the mini kegs, but they don't, they don't package in bottles or cans yeah. any of their um, wares. And yeah. a lot of their stuff is just put on in house. Mm. And she really revitalised um, their beers. Uh, just going there. I went there one day just for a open brew day that they were doing, and the beers like it's just all of them were cracking like mm. the pale ale she got that up to like a really like there's a lot of good pale ales now so for one to stand out it's got to be pretty good and this yeah. was a real standout so mm. um she really lifted the quality of their uh brews across the board um true sounds actually really good down there they got like an argentinian based yeah. menu and it's, like a really outstanding food and it's a great location on the beach it's one of those places that i've been wanting to go to it's just kind of awkward to get to uh given our yeah it is a little bit like it's it's, sort of, it's kind of awkward for me to get to and that's like my neck of the woods so mm. um yeah i understand that but it really services the local community and mm. i think it's uh doing everything it wants to do but yeah it's like really outstanding food and i think and ren blackman who's the um, current head brewer yeah. is also just a, just as good at um, All the, uh, yeah. trying to not revitalise, but just sort of push the boundaries a little bit for what they want to do. So their last sort of, maybe not their last beer, but one of their sort of beers they've been pushing is the India Black Lager. Yeah. Uh, which is an interesting, you know, uh, Haven't seen many of them no, around. Um, really enjoyable That's beer. Yum. I've had yeah. it a few times and I've really enjoyed it. It is good. I think also, I haven't had it, but I hear good things about... Um, Imperial Pilsner that he's just brewed. So yep. I haven't seen that around the ground, so it must only be on it. Uh, uh, yeah, I haven't seen that either. Yeah, it must only be on at the brewery. Um, so Sam... After, oh, that's right. Talking about Sam. Yeah. After leaving True South, she had her own brand called Old Salt. That's right. I don't know what happened to that. I guess that's sort of fallen by the wayside now, and she's... I'm not sure, actually. Um, I'm, assu- I'm assuming that means she's leaving that alone um, and, and focusing on Young Henry's. Mm-hmm. That would be good because Young Henry's makes some awesome beers. And yeah. She's an awesome person, beer person, so yep. it's a good match, isn't it? I think she convinced me to shotgun a warm can of Count Oh, I was on that. Um, I was on that bus trip actually. Yeah. Um, what was the reason for that? I think there's some sort of quiz, or were you playing some sort of trivia? Yeah. Yeah. We probably should have re- thought about this before we started talking about it. Well, we, you know, we left hanging. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to our guest. He didn't yeah. do it on purpose. No, of course not. Um, that's right. right. We were on a bus trip to Red Hill. Red Hill Brewery. To Red yeah. Hill Brewery. Yeah. And circumstances led to Luke shotgunning a warm can of Carlton Draft. Which I, I don't condone that sort of thing at all. No. The other thing, newsy, um, that's kind of been played out in the news lately, is the... Oh, sorry. Played out on Twitter 
and also on the local paper, um, there's the Ballarat Beer Festival, which I mentioned, top of the show. The aforementioned yep. BBF. Uh, so Red Duck, um, who are the local, one of the local beers down there, he has been quite vocal in criticising the festival for the way, the amount of money they're taking off off the the brewers. And it so was actually, like, it was pretty refreshing, not refreshing, because I don't, I don't think anyone hides from it, but the way he presented the facts was pretty straightforward and blunt, and you can understand why brewers might not be prepared to um, yeah. showcase at festivals like that. I'm not sure continued rants on Twitter for, like, a week uh, is probably the right way to do it. Oh, I didn't know there was a, it was <laughs> so he, he's been sustained very, like that. Yeah, oh, okay. sustained on Twitter. Um, it was, yeah, the story in the Ballarat Courier, he was just basically saying they're taking 50% of the brewers' takings for the day, and they're also charging um, for the stand and everything, and he doesn't think that's fair, he, and most um, most of them are making a loss. She's been, I think, verified in the in the Ballarat Courier um, again by some other brewers who are agreeing that it might not be beneficial. Um, the festival's sort of been on the defensive and saying, you know, we're not, we operate like other festivals. Um, I think the other point of contention was the fact that the food trucks that were there were getting stung for 20% of yeah. their takings, and the, um, the breweries were getting 50% takings. So. So, so someone mentioned last night, um, this was being talked about amongst some friends, and they said that's fairly standard for festivals. I admittedly don't know much about Well, the thing is, I can't imagine that they're profiteering. Like, no. I'm sure that they need, like, they're doing it because that's the funds they need to run the festival, but you can definitely, uh, well, I don't know a lot about the festival side of things, but you can, there's definitely reasons, argument for both sides there. Mm. Um, so it's a tough one, I think, when it I comes think, to... Yeah, I think some uh, breweries and brands are prepared to go out and do it at, I don't know if they'd like if they'd like doing it at a loss, but doing it at a break-even point because it is about just showcasing them and raising the awareness of maybe a new beer or what they've got to people who aren't necessarily thinking about them uh, when they want to buy their beer. But well, one, I've been sort of thinking about this, um, and I use the... Um, Melbourne Comedy Festival is kind of a, an ex- interesting example where one, someone from the comedy scene or a comedian was saying one time that the comedy festival is probably the worst thing for comedy because everyone goes, gets their fill during the comedy festival and then ignores comedy throughout the year so comedians aren't getting their audiences. And I sort of eavesdropping on conversations at the Ballarat Beer Festival, um, and you get the sense a lot of people really look forward to the festival each year but they're not t- taking too much note of what they're actually drinking. Right. They're going along going, oh, great, all these beers. All right, that's done for the year. Rather than, great, all these beers. I'm going to remember that brand, that brand, yeah. that brand. Where, like, where near me can I get this beer? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that that's purely anecdotal. Um, but I, I'd sort of be interested, you know, it's kind of almost, I'd be interested to see a poll of people, you know, six months out from a from that festival, that were at the festival, what have you been drinking since then and whether or not that's changed them. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and I think that would actually be, you know, it would prove the point either way. Um, so maybe maybe breweries need to sign people up for a poll. And uh, I think the other thing that was um, not specifically about the Ballarat Beer Festival, but the token system was sort of... Um, yeah. well, I don't know what the answer is to that, though. So I'm okay with the token system. There's that much. I don't know what else you can do. Yeah. I, I think... People disagree with token systems frequently. I only disagree with them when I went to a music festival one year and, like, you had to buy a certain amount of tokens 
like to actually buy a token, you had to buy a minimum that was an even like $10 or something, yet the drinks were $6. Oh. <laughs> and th- at that point, that's just profiteering. Yeah, of course it is. That's completely, you know. But in this case, it was one token for a taste, two tokens for a glass. I think that makes sense. Um, the amount of people coming and going and all the cash, you know, I don't see a better way to do it unless you have some sort of swipe card tab. Yeah, that's true because, like, the actual exchange of, like, especially if it's a busy festival. Yeah, it's, it's really just busy. Gonna, and it's going to just increase the handling time of each transaction Definitely. if um, we start to get actual just cash mm. transactions involved. Mm. So, yeah, I... I'd be interested to see what happens next year if any brewers are pulling out. I, it's the kind of thing I don't think a lot of people really want to address publicly if they disagree because, you know, it's the whole being supportive of, of, of the these industry. great things that yeah. are happening. Um, and Red Duck, uh, you know, I guess they, they do like to say what they think. Yeah. Um, so you can't begrudge them for that, I guess. No, I wouldn't have thought so. Um, Anything else? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a little bit of a, a list that I've list? made. All right. Let's attack this. Um, oh, so we've got a uh, question. Or should we leave the question to the end? Maybe we'll... Let's uh, leave that. Yeah, we'll leave it to the end. Because uh, oh, so now our audience can be, what's the question like? Yeah. Now I'm definitely what not going to... I'm not going to stop listening and look at videos of cats on the internet. I'm going to listen to the end. That's... Uh, which is probably what I, I'd be doing while I'd be listening to this. <laughs> cats are pretty funny. Especially the ones that play keyboard or whatever they do. <laughs> um... Alcohol and violence, I've got on my list. Oh, yeah, now this is one that I I think I missed the story, so I don't know a great deal about it. So I'd be interested just to listen and see what's going on. So Sydney, at the moment, there's a sort of controversy around people going out, getting liquored up, and smacking people and getting in fights and all that jazz. So they're looking at doing a lockout system, which was tried in Melbourne. About five years ago, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and what they're doing, and they've, they've sort of drawn up a map of we're going to lock out people from this area after 3 o'clock, you can't get into a pub, maybe after 1 o'clock. Um, and when you look at the map, there is a cl- sort of this clear, like, extra line added to encompass the local tap house. Right, Which okay. isn't in the CBD, um, which is what this is intended to do. And, you know, it's a, a craft beer place. Sorry, our producers just said 3am is the lockout. Um, so it's not, a, you know, it's not a, a traditional booze hall nightclub place. And to have them sort of drawn into this map seems odd. It seems um, uh, like it's been done. It seems intentional, yeah. yeah. Um, and people were sort of saying that on Twitter, like, what's, you know, this is pretty, come on, guys. Um, but in saying that, I was there after a, a cricket match one time, um, a test match, and that's very it's close to this, you know, in between the SCG and the CBD. Okay. Um, and people were coming from the cricket, stopping in there, and it was a, a bit messy, nasty. Okay. You know, those kind of, I'd been drunk all day at the cricket, and I'm with a group of guys. Yeah. So it may be because of that. There's an element that is undesirable. Well, yeah, just that it might be a bit of a transition pub, and maybe, I, I don't know the history of, of you know, the fights there. I, I don't think so. Um, well, I mean, it's it's it sounds like it's unfair and it sounds like it's been singled out, but I'm sure because it looks so intentional, it can't be done just for no reason. Like they're getting one over on the tap house, there must be a reason for it. Surely. Yeah, <laughs> like your tap house. Yeah. 
Um, but lockouts, I mean, it didn't work in Melbourne. Um, they're kind of a, they're a weird, a weird thing. I don't, I don't really see. Do you remember it. when it got canned in Melbourne? Because I don't remember I it. I think they just kind of quietly stopped oh, really? doing it. Yeah. Um, I remember when it went in because we were at a, um, a Mixmaster Mike gig, actually. Um, and we could see someone who had left the show. No, someone who had left the show. They'd had a, bought a ticket and then left. Came back after the lockout time, just as Mixmaster Mike was starting, couldn't get in, and the bouncer's like, "I can't let you in because uh, the lockout." And she's like, "But I just bought a ticket and went away, and, and now I can't get back in. I've just spent a hundred bucks or whatever it was on the ticket." Um, and she got really angry, and the bouncer was like, "Well, it's just gone in." So it was this kind of weird scenario to see played out, and it was pretty unfair on this lady. Uh, yeah, you did, absolutely. She just wanted to see some sweet DJ skills. She wasn't going to fight anyone, but now she's left really angry. I remember um, when it came in, I was just travelling in Mexico, and my communication medium back to the world was Facebook, and then when that, it was just, people were just outraged going through, going, I can't believe what a nanny state this is. Yeah. And I remember I was thinking, oh, I'm never out at that time anyway, so it doesn't bother <laughs> it's me. It's been a while since I'm out. Um, it's a strange one. I think it's not going to change behaviour. Um, well, it's just going to push people on the street. Yeah. And, you know, people just need to stop being dickheads. So. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Can you enforce that by law? I don't think so, unfortunately. Yeah, I think... Who's the football team? That's Sydney. They have a no-dickhead policy. Yeah, some of their recent recruits yeah, have been questioned yeah, about that, though. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was a Paul Rose thing. Um, I think news. this story has run to ground, hasn't it? Yep. Yeah, okay. <laughs> what else have we got? Uh, Greg, Greg Cookstone Brewing. Oh, yeah. Um, Exciting. He's in the neighbourhood at the moment. Well, he will be. Well, he will be, yeah. Um, and he will be doing a, a... Allegedly, there's been really no details other than people alluding to it on social media saying that there's going to be a 40-plus tap takeover of stone beers in Wellington somewhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's been verified, though. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no. I read a story, I read a new, new story with a, um, that was an interview with Greg. Ah. Uh, and maybe, again, this might be more factual inaccuracy. <laughs> we, that's what we should call the podcast. Factual inaccuracy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Name of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm sure it's official, but there's not been many statements yeah, and right. there's sort of some rumours that he's trying to look to do the same in Australia. Every um, single person who's interested in beer will be there. Every single person. And it's yeah, it's interesting, people who probably listened to an earlier podcast of ours and, and know the history of Stone Beer um, in Australia and the grey imports and his absolute disagreement to that. So it's kind of interesting uh, coming over, doing a big tap showcase and then taking it all away. Um, I don't think it's going to help his anti-grey market stance unless he's going to keep it coming in. But saying that, there are rumours of legitimate imports coming in later this year. That's such good news. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't actually. Oh, okay, surprise. Yeah. Um, Bera Italiana, I think they're called experience.it now. Are they? Uh, there's some weird name change. Oh, okay. Factual inaccuracy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they... We should make a sound that we can edit. <laughs> Factual inaccuracy. Um, oh, just cut it out. Okay. Or we can have a counter. Oh, yeah. And then you can just put in... Bing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, apparently they're bringing in stone. 
uh, well, will be brewing in a stone. They're being pretty coy about it on Twitter while basically outright saying it. Okay. Uh, and they've just recently bought into shoots. Um, a few others I can't think of off the top of my head. I uh, think that I thought they were two different um, entities. So Emma's just said. Um, oh right, said, I I responded to a question that you won't be able to hear. <laughs> so uh, Emma's just chimed in and told us that Bureau Italiano is just, just still Italiano. Yeah, still on the website. They're they're. Yeah, so okay. Emma's just said the URL for their website is Beer Italiana, but experience it is all across their website. Okay. I'm not really sure. No. Um, they've also taken on, um, I guess, friend of the show, uh, Hendo recently, their first Australian brewery, and now they're distributing him. If anybody knows the reason for that, get in touch at luke at aleofatime.com. Yeah. Or tweet us. Yeah. At aleofatime at Melbourne Dave. Oh, oh, Melb, Dave, sorry. Well, you don't have to love me in this, that's all right. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's pretty exciting news regarding Stone. Yeah, it really is. I think everyone will be pretty keenly uh, keeping an eye on what's going to happen with that because, man, grey ruination is so good. <laughs> I can't wait to have some legit and some fresh stock. Yeah. It's going to be great. <laughs> is there anything else, Stone? No. Uh, should we jump onto the question? Yeah, okay. Great. So... Our good friends at the Sessionable podcast uh, have posed us a question and they they record more frequently than us. So it's quite an old question now. Yeah, Um, this was on their last episode, which was probably 10 days ago. Yeah, a little bit longer than that even. Longer than 10 days. Yeah. And it came out, I think, just as our podcast came out. Oh, I see. And we missed it, so we could have added it there. Anyway, um, so they've asked us regarding um, craft beer, the eternal question. Um, they basically said, can a craft beer brand exist within a major brewery? The example they've given is uh, Goose Island from America. Other local examples would be Little Creatures, Matilda Bay, um, Emerson's in New Zealand, uh, Unibrow, uh, Unibro, sorry, in Canada. They're owned by Sapporo. So it seems like a straightforward question, but here's something we're going to throw right back at well, the sessionable. We need to answer first. Oh, okay. Yes. I, I think a craft beer brand can exist within a major brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, and any definitions that people come up with would exclude that. It's just kind of a made-up definition. Um, arbitrary to exclude that intentionally. Um, and, you know, a good beer is a good beer. If it's been crafted to be a good beer, then it's a good beer. Yeah, absolutely. So. Did you want to throw it back at them? Question to them. The Asahi company uh, have opened up or started a craft brand called Cricketers Arms, um, or their attempt at a craft brand. I'm using inverted commas here. And they put out a lager, an IPA, which is a a very timid IPA. Um, Let's call it approachable to the point of bland. It's coming out of a very big factory um, that brings a whole lot of RTDs, Ready to drink products, um, fake cider, you know, all sorts of horrible, horrible, sweet, disgusting things. So our question to them is: Can a craft beer be coming out of that factory? Um, so the Cricketers Arms, for example, um, and why or why not do you think a craft beer can come out of that factory? Discuss. Discuss. We keenly look forward to the answer. Definitely.
Uh, I don't have any more news. Added news? Completely added news. Right. I think we've, we're all newsed out. Cool. All so right. why don't we have a little bit of a break? I'm going to get a little bit more water, and we will recommend, recommend a couple of things. Great. All right. Welcome back, everyone. And, and to you, Luke. Thanks, Dave. Uh, lovely full glass of water there. Delicious. How is it tasting now that it's warmed up a little bit? So in our haste and in our scramble for news, um, we probably should have mentioned um, Craft Beer Rising, which is coming up. Yeah, so our guest was going to be James from the Crafty Pint, um, which I was very excited about. Yeah. he's um, So he'll be on next week, hopefully, next fortnight. Next sewed yep. he'll be on and he's basically put together an event um, called Craft Beer Rising where it's a day for venues um, and people to get involved in celebrating uh, really good beer so there's quite a few events um, happening and there's more popping up by the day um, it's going to be on the 22nd of the 2nd uh, which is all the twos yeah all the twos and um, what's the actual website that people can look at it is craftbeerrising.com.au. Nice and easy. Um, so, yeah, get on board. Uh, I think we're, a few of us are going to jump on our bikes and, and hit a couple of venues. And, uh, yeah, make the most of it. Celebrate what's good about um, good beer and, and, I guess, what we've brought together um, in terms of people that have, you know, been pushing good beer for a while. And it's it's almost a celebration of what James has done. Just an incredible contribution to the scene in the industry. Yeah. Um, so if... Yeah, good work to James, and we, we really look forward to... He turned his idea of Good Beer Week from a simple 12 event, mm. um, little week in, what was it, 2011? Mm. Is that right? Yeah. 2011? Right. And now it's just a juggernaut. Yeah. It's a really great festival, Good Beer Week. Um, they do a really good job with that. He does a great job putting out his, um, you know, updating his website. Oh, it's just a magnificent resource for all things craft beer related. Yep. Um, so, yeah, good stuff. And... We'll yeah. talk to him next sode. Yes, hopefully. Hopefully his yeah. back's right. Uh, Let's do a little bit of recommendations. Right. What do you got? Uh, my first one, the beer recommendation. It's a shout-out to a, a brewery when I first saw them hit the, the stores. I didn't know anything about it. Uh, cynically, I thought it was just one of those contract brands that... Boo, hits. Yeah. yeah. You know, that they, they pop up from time to time, and it's just made by a, a marketer trying to cash in. Um, and this uh, turned out it wasn't uh, one of those. It was actually made by someone really passionate, and the beer was fantastic. Uh, the brand is Killer Sprocket. They've got their second beer just released. Uh, their first beer is an amber ale. It's really good. Yeah, really it's just good. Just a good amber ale. When I when I first tasted it, I was like, oh, okay, this is not a cynical cash grab. This is actually someone that's made a really good beer. Their their newest beer uh, is a peated pale ale, ten percent peat malt. Um, it's lovely. I've not yet tried it, so... Um, I described it on Twitter as a pineapple hospital bed. It's got that really hospital iodine character, okay. lovely fruity hops. Um, just a... Like, for a peat beer, I could smash it all day. And what was, this, what was the descriptor again? A, a pineapple, pineapple hospital bed. Yeah. It doesn't sound super positive, but... Um, <laughs> Imagine being wrapped up all warm in a, in a weird hospital bed and someone's smooshing pineapple into your face. Well, when you put it that way. <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> it's a terrifying insight into my yeah. mind. 
<laughs> I think that's a David Lynch movie. Uh, yeah, so really, really enjoying his beers at the moment. Um, and I guess it comes back to what I was saying before about so many approachable beers on the scene. And he's made something that is interesting enough to be, you know, stand out as, oh, this is new. Uh, it's still approachable in terms of I could drink it really happily. And I think, you know, it's a little bit different, um, but still really drinkable. And it's kind of unique. Um, it's not just a golden ale. It's not just a pale ale. It's something a little bit different that is still... A bit of point of difference about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't know if this is interesting or not, but the um, the regular amber ale, um, that's a really good one to mix with. Okay. So, I don't know, it's just, like got, it's, it's just got a rounded character that if you want to mix it with a little bit of hoppy IPA, it makes oh, it really yeah. awesome. But, um, yeah, I've done a little bit of experimentation with that one, and it just seems to be a good supporting cast to anything else, yeah. I do like a bit of a blend uh, sometimes. Mm -hmm. I don't do heaps of it because it's, you know, you don't want to ruin a beer. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, if, if you get it right, a, a really good one, it's, it's pretty fun. Um, I'm trying to think of what the best mix with that one was, but I don't know. Figure it out for yourself. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> you can try the, the, the two together, the two yeah. Killer Sprockets, Bandit and Amber. Oh, interesting. All right. Um, my beer recommendation is uh, Moondog's Beyond to Boogie, which is uh, a Weizen, but with a whole lot of watermelon in it. Is there mint in there as well? A little bit. Oh, I think so, yeah. Mm. Uh, and it's actually going to be made into uh, part of the regular range, so they're getting a whole bunch of um, watermelon from Northern Territory, I think, during the colder months that they, they, they can mm. um, make it all year round. But it's just, it's quaffable, it's refreshing, it's something a bit different, and it's delicious. Cool. Yeah. All right. Good one. Uh, yeah, I haven't tried that. I'm really keen to. Oh, I don't think it's been around for too long. Yeah, a couple of weeks yeah, I've maybe. seen it. Yeah. Um, but I've heard many, many positive comments yeah. about it. Yum. So, yeah, that, that's exciting. Yeah. My non-beer recommendation, I, I actually put this up on my blog. It's probably one of my, as I said on Twitter today, my least read blog posts, um, a bit of a review for this book. Uh, it's called The Emperor of Scent. Uh, it's all about perfume and a guy who is a smell scientist, biologist guy, biophysicist, I think he's called now. Um, basically, he came up with a new theory of, of how we smell things. And not only does he do that, but he's also um, more, probably the world's most preeminent perfume reviewer. Um, and when he writes a perfume review, they're, they're stunning. His, his sort of grasp of how to describe how something smells is... Um, just a really good, and he's got this sort of encyclopedic knowledge of, of perfume, which I, I know nothing about, um, but he, the way he describes it, it makes it like, oh, I, I think I know what that smells like. Um, yeah, just reading your post, um, just his descriptions are just yeah, sort of lucid, and you just know ex almost exactly what he's talking about. Yeah. yeah, and I'm really keen to actually buy his um, guide to perfume, just to... to read more of what he writes. Yeah, so. yeah, and as someone that, you know, writes the occasional beer review, um, you always kind of, I, I sort of want to push myself to almost describe a beer without actually saying how it actually smells. Um, you know, kind of see how far you can take that, and yeah. he takes it really far. And I wonder if he's ever smelled a perfume that smells like a pineapple hospital bed. I don't think so. Maybe they should make one. He's actually been taken on by a lot of the perfume companies, as sort of a um, advisor, and, and w one of the examples in the books in the book was 
the perfume companies, they, there's like five or, or six of them in the world, like giant conglomerates, and then, you know, your Yves Saint Laurent will go to them and say, we want this, and they'll give them a really terrible description. One of the ones that they got was um, they wanted it to smell like silk, that when you shine it in the light, it changed colour. Right, okay. And when they gave this one to, to Luca Tour and the perfume reviewer, they said, what do you think this smells like? And he said, I think it smells like silk, <laughs> that when you change it, it, you know, you shine it in the light, it changes colour. And they're like, that's amazing. That is exactly what we were asked to do. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so really fascinating read. Uh, at the end, he, he sort of goes to India and meets this, you know, crazy old perfume guy and just, it's it's a fascinating read. It gets a bit heavy on the science, but... Um, What's it called? The Emperor of Scent. All right. Um, I'll, I might put a link up to the Amazon store. Oh, maybe I'll just put a link up to his wiki page. I don't want to. I don't want to be seen to be supporting, or not supporting a bookstore. Yeah, sure. Go to your local bookshop and get it. Yeah, go and flick through it. Yeah, it'll be um, fun. Yeah, really good book, Dave. Uh, well, I mean, this is another bit of. Uh, I'm not going to say fan feedback. It's Dan feedback. Hey, um, Dan, friend of the show, <laughs> was critical that we haven't discussed NBA yet. So my non um, beer recommendation is going to be. Um, with All-Star Weekend approaching, watch a little bit of NBA. It's fun. Especially like when someone like Kevin Durant is just on video game cheat mode at the moment. He just stepped up his game to fill Russell Westbrook's... Um, He's scored, I think, more than 30 in the last eight or nine games. I think so, yeah. And then he had back-to-back 52- and 46-point mm. games, which is just beastly. Um so people have tried to come up with a new nickname for him as well. Have you have you heard about his new nickname? Well, why would they want to go away from Durantula? Well, it's so funny. On the because he's like gangly like a spider. <laughs> on the um, Reddit uh, sub forum r slash nba, someone came up with the the nickname the Slim Reaper. It's not bad. And it's actually it's actually sort of getting a few legs. He responded on Twitter and he just said, "I want to go by KD," <laughs> 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 which I think is pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I I do like watching. The Thunder, a lot. Yeah. Um, Stephen Adams, being a Kiwi, it's awesome to see him playing. It's awesome to see him being hit by almost every opposing team, um, and just kind of ignoring it. Vince Carter elbowed him in the face, and he didn't even really notice. Which is awesome. Um, yeah, I'm a Boston Celtics fan, so there's not been a lot for me to celebrate this season. Pretty pretty bad season. Um, you guys. So I I've just been. Uh, following the adventure of um, Matthew Dallavadova, mm. who's the young Aussie kid who uh, didn't, he was undrafted mm. and got an invitation to the Cleveland Cavaliers summer camp and ended up uh, on what's a pretty guard heavy roster, ended up making the cut and is now um, getting pretty decent minutes for the Cavaliers. So um, mm. that's pretty exciting stuff because he had an outstanding college career at St. Mary's. Mm. So um, it's great to see him. Um, getting a little bit of success. It's going to be hard on a team with Kyrie Irving and F. Betts. Uh, yeah. He's been playing a little bit of uh, two guards, so yep. playing with uh, Kyrie. So, mm. um, yeah, I've been neglecting uh, the Celtics and watching the Cavaliers more. I haven't actually watched any Cavs this season. Um, oh, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a Phoenix Suns fan, so I've been loving this season because who thought that we were going to win any games, And really? also, like, it's, the potential's always been there, but Gerald Green is having a great stretch. Yeah. And uh, Dragic is, oh, he's a joy to watch. And losing, you know, Steve Nash, you're like, oh, man, it's such a shame that I don't really get to watch Steve Nash doing his thing anymore. And 
Now Dragic is basically Steve Nash. Yeah, he's doing really, really well. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, all-star rosters have just been announced, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, let's... let's uh, maybe not full rosters, but the starting five starting, starting lineups. Of, uh, each conference has been released. So the East, uh, we've got LeBron James, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade and Kyrie Irving. Very so you'd reckon lineup. that Melo um, is a popularity vote, I would imagine, because he's not been blistering this year. Um but how good is it for Kyrie Irving, though, getting starting position uh, this year's All-Star game? Yeah, definitely. Um, and the West, you've got... I think we still try and claim Kyrie Irving, don't we, as an Aussie? Because he's got, like, is he, he's he was born, born here, here yeah. and then that's about it, I think, yeah. I think he could have played for the Australian team. This could be another factual inaccuracy. Yeah. Um, I think, like, technically he could have. <laughs> just, we're just desperate, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, let's go for the West. You've got Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin... Kevin Love, Steph Curry, and Kobe Bryant. Who yeah, so whoever's asked. named on the roster after him will actually get yep. the start because he's obviously not going to be playing. Um, but uh, I reckon it's pretty... I'm, I, I love All-Star Weekend. So, um, yeah, I'm looking uh, forward to I'm, it. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be good, yeah. Except for the skills test. I don't like watching that. Don't you? No. I love it. No. And the dunk contest is a bit of a joke these days. Yeah, it's a bit of a pantomime these days. Yeah. Just just dunk. Don't worry about props. <laughs> Um, I, I, have we had a lineup of dunk contests contestants? I don't think year? there is yet. Surely, Paul, after that ridiculous dunk in game, he'll he's be been invited involved. to the skills, the three point, and the dunk. Has he? Yeah. Imagine uh, if he just like got involved with everything. That'd uh, be great. He'll be pretty tired, given they <laughs> want to have a run at the finals. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else, Dave? Um, no, I think we're done. Where are you uh, off to after this? Well. <laughs> This is the moment of our obligatory true brew mention, but I'm going to go and pick up a growler of uh, Doc's transfusion from um, true brew, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm doing that too. We we are not paid money for any of this. Um, we just it, it, frequent that establishment often and enjoy our time there, so yeah, um, it's it good. gets mentioned, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, all right, this has probably been, out of the four episodes, the worst uh, maybe not say worst. It's been the weakest. <laughs> <laughs> so what what you're probably hearing now has been heavily edited. Oh, has um, it ever? It'll yeah. probably be about. I hope minutes. you enjoyed that thirty minute episode yeah. of Ale of Time. <laughs> and we'll be back uh, in a fortnight's time uh, with a much stronger. Yeah, and I think if I'm if it all goes well, I believe James Smith, Crafty Pint, will be with us. Yeah, great. All right, see you, Dave. See you guys. Mm-hmm.